a survivor's story from the sex trade. Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and the Shops at Status and by the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello again and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Lita has over 20 years working as an interior designer. She's now a full-fledged lifestyle expert, podcaster, and blogger. Status Life with Lita will take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Lita's mission is to bring her knowledge and fun teaching ability to help each of us design a life we love. My name is Derek Hayes. I'm the host of the show, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Miss Lita Brooks. Good afternoon, Lita. Hi, good afternoon. Good to be in the studio again, isn't it? I know, it's been a minute. Yeah, we've taken a little bit of a break, but now we've got a terrific show. I'm not going to skip skip ahead. Oh, yet, I'm so excited. Before we my begin, adrenaline's going. a quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, the Status Market, your online shopping experience, and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. All right, you ready? Okay. We have, a, we have a guest today, and I'm going to let do. you have the honors. All right. Drum roll for me and for our guest, Miss Shonda Santana. Hello, and welcome to Status Life with Lita. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. Shonda has an amazing, gut-wrenching, heartfelt story, and I cannot wait to unpack it. Uh, I have to back up a little bit, even though I'm sure everyone listening can hear my excitement. Because I got to sort of give the backstory on how we met and how it came to be that I really want you to be on this podcast and tell your story because there is so much to unpack. Um, So I had the pleasure of meeting a mutual friend and she's a business contact of ours, Miss Amy Whipple. Mm -hmm. And she contacted me because you have opened a boutique in Athens, Georgia, a clothing boutique called the Freedom Boutique. And Amy said, you know, I know myself, the status home design, the status market. I own and operate uh, multiple successful boutiques. And she said, we're just wondering, you know, in the retail space, you've done really well. This is the call I got. And would you be uh, willing to come look at the Freedom Boutique and, you know, just give some pointers and really um, some advice on how to make this a big success? Absolutely. I'm interested happy to do it and especially because it's not just the freedom boutique there is multiple layers to everything that you do so i'm going to turn it to you because i'm most familiar with the freedom boutique and when i was at the freedom boutique you handed me a copy of your book which is the real story behind all this so i'm not going to say anymore shonda i want you to take the microphone and just start from the top tell everybody your background and divas who win am i saying that correctly divas who win you are divas who win that is the nonprofit. and i'm going to just let you you just kind of go from there and start explaining that to us yeah so i'm excited to be here um as you said my name is shonda santana and i am the founder and executive director of a local nonprofit in athens georgia called divas who win freedom center 
And at Divas, our mission is to create a safe space that dismantles stigma and restores dignity to women who are overcoming uh, sexual exploitation, sex trafficking survivors, and women working their way through substance use disorders. And we perform and produce the results that we do through Divas through peer support services. So Freedom Boutique is our first social justice enterprise. And the way that I entered into this work um, was through my own lived experience. So uh, I'm a woman in long-term recovery. And what that means for me is 26 years ago, I walked away from the sex trade. 15 and a half years ago, I went away to an intense treatment program uh, for substance use disorder, left six children at home so that mama could go and get well. And then uh, unexpectedly, about five years ago, my 17-year-old daughter was rescued by the FBI and GBI from a family of sex traffickers. And that's the book. Yes. You took your story and compiled it into the book itself. I couldn't put it down. I read the whole thing in one sitting because page after page, you, you want to know how this ends. And yet the way you wrote it was was so beautiful any reader would feel like they were in that experience with you. I'm going to interject real yeah. quick. Tell us the name of the book and, and where we can find it. Let's go ahead and do that. And we'll recap this later on, but I definitely want to make well, sure. Well, I'm going to let that. you talk about where we can find it. You gave me this. So yes. you tell us where can anyone listening get their hands on this book? Uh, Amazon. Okay, perfect. Yes. yes, that's where we buy all of our books now. <laughs> what can you not get that's on Amazon? That's right. <laughs> all right. The name of the book is The Genesis experience and it's by your last name that's how you've titled it so the genesis experience he knew her end from her beginning that mm, what a beautiful caption written by santana all right we're going to unpack a little bit more of the book so the freedom boutique i'm trying to think of where to start because now you've got the genesis experience that we've got to dig into that that Mm -hmm. is going to be something let's since we're I just gave the plug for it. Let's talk about the Genesis experience that you were launching because this is a really, really interesting venture. How informative is this going to be? I can't wait to do it and go through the entire experience. So, so tell us what the Genesis experience is. So the Genesis experience is the book that um, we have centered the work around the freedom experience. That's what it's called, the freedom experience. Yes. Okay. And so the freedom experience is basically um, an anti-trafficking immersion experience. So some folks might be familiar with uh, participating in a poverty immersion it might take you 30 minutes to walk through um, Ghana, you know, this backdrop of Ghana and what all takes place in terms of poverty. But for us, we were looking for a way to bring community into the mission and how could we talk to one to many instead of one to one. So you will be uh, greeted at the boutique with a set of headphones after you've purchased your ticket. And you will walk through seven rooms. It's about a 900-square-foot space, seven rooms, and each room represents a phase of trafficking. So our goal around this immersion experience is uh, for the community to understand how this really works in terms of trafficking and that it's modern-day slavery, and it happens right here in the United States. It happens right here in Georgia, in Gwinnett County, in Athens, Georgia, And so for 28 minutes, you will listen to 
um, the book being broken down into the experience. My daughter was trafficked with her best friend. So we will pull out some highlights of the book um, that have been curated around each phase of trafficking. And in each room, there'll be a memento that kind of humanizes it. Like we realize that human trafficking is really hard to look at, um, but it's happening to real girls. So room one, my daughter loved makeup from a little girl. So her vanity is in room one. And you'll listen to this production in your ears, hoping that it connects with your heart. That is absolutely fascinating. I, I just have to know, where did the idea for this come? Because it's, it's just something that we've never seen before. You know, so uh, I believe in uh, a heavenly help. Um, I call him Yahweh. Yeah. And so <laughs> I really think the Lord gave that I to me. That. You yes. know, the, the book was one way to try and get out into the community. But I thought, I, I know that as humans, we're innately going to resist it. Like it's painful uh, to to experience the book. And so I thought, how can we... Uh, connect with people's senses and really immerse them in a very trauma-informed way so that they are compelled to talk to their children and, and be advocates within their own communities after walking through this experience. Well, the analogy I give, it's a hands-on way of learning. When you yeah. talk about mm -hmm. an experience, you truly are. You can read, you can watch a movie, a TV show, whatever you want to watch, documentaries, but you never really experience what it would be like but to physically walk through the rooms as you're talking about it's a hands-on way it's like uh, any other experience where you know they do them for all kinds of things but i it the the, the idea of creating this is is amazing that's a wonderful thought and i'm glad you did it mm. and the numbers are staggering i remember um when we met uh, at the freedom boutique and you were just talking and I stopped you and I said, well, hold on a second, hold mm -hmm. on a second. And I'm going to back up and tell, because this number, I've probably repeated this 10 times. You said, just in the month of June, Divas Who Win will make contact with 150 girls just this month. That is a huge number. That, I don't think people realize how, I, I how didn't. I mean, I'm thinking is. 10, 20, like 100, just this month alone. I can't even imagine what your numbers look like on a yearly basis, that these girls are contacting, needing support. Um, you mentioned some will call for a chiropractor or a massage. I mean, they'll call for all sorts of different support services. Thankfully, you're there. If Divas Who Win wasn't available, what would those 150 girls do? I just, I commend you because that, I just I couldn't believe it. And reading the way you wrote the book and you put statistics at the yeah. end of every chapter, um, it, it's I sit in a maybe a naive bubble that reading this, talking to you, learning about this, it bursts it in such a way I can't wait to do the experience. It's because it's heartbreaking. It's what can I do to help? How how can you help? How can we bring more attention to this? Which is why I thought. This is the perfect platform with the podcast. You know, we've got 13 million people that have downloaded. So if 13 million people can listen to this show and it brings some awareness, um, that difference, can, you know, we can make a change. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to be cliche about that, but it's truly heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about the story. Well, I, before we do that, I may jump okay. ahead a little bit because like the, the book title, I wanted to make sure we plug that. Yes. I also want to plug the location where this is. Uh, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, again sure. later, but where can they go to, to experience this? So we're hoping to launch the Freedom Experience next month, the month of July, um, summer of 2022. 
And the location is right next door to the boutique. So we are located at 160 Tracy Street in Athens, Georgia. And it's in a complex called the Old Chase Street Warehouse. Uh, so we are in units 2A, 2B, and 2C. So they all connect together. The immersion experience connects back into the boutique, which is kind of our welcome center where we get to educate there as well and give people a way to engage the mission. What I loved about the boutique, it's adorable, by the way. I told you, you that when I was there. Look at my blouse. Did I you see. notice? This I is did. what I bought the other day. I had to, I had to wear something in support today. Uh, fantastic product. The clothing is absolutely top notch. And I love the process. But what got me the most is you built the Freedom Boutique. 100% of the profits go to support Divas Who Win. And you mentioned you have a lot of grant money and you have a lot of things coming in for financial support, but it's not enough. Right. And we also need to talk about how, if anyone's listening and they want to get involved, how you, you know, the online platforms and how they can donate. But back to the boutique. This is a place, once a girl has gone through Divas Who Win and the recovery process, you built this boutique so they can have a livelihood, so they can work and start to rejoin society in a healing. And that, to me, it would make me want to go there every week Mm -hmm. and support these girls and give that Freedom Boutique. That's where my clothing is going to come from. But I just thought, what... A great way it's not just a retail store the mission behind this is so much more and I think that that's the heart and the soul of it mm-hmm. so I love it anything to add before we jump into the book about the boutique um, anything else that I we haven't covered that you can think of that you would want anyone to know um, well just the I think what I want folks to know is that it's a long journey back you know, when you come from some of these places. So we intentionally built the boutique as beautiful as it is with this messaging component throughout because we want to provide dignified work for women. Like we're trying to restore dignity. And women lose a lot out there, you know, on the street. So this is just kind of this tapestry that I see the community uh, creating and weaving back together through Uh, donating hours of time working, donating clothes, shopping for gifts, and giving these women the second, third, or fourth chance that they may need. Wow, that's beautiful. She well-spoken. So it's like poetry. I'm like, oh, I just love it so much. All right, I am going to start. There is two paragraphs of this book that I want to, it's the introduction, and I read it, and I was just hooked. And again, I, I read the entire book in one sitting. All right. Two hours of sleep and a double espresso gas station coffee, driving, driving along expressways, back roads, and alleys. Maybe I can drive out the tormenting terror plaguing my mind. I am afraid I will run out of miles before the thoughts in my mind, vividly painting a picture of the casket I will purchase for my daughter. Santana's daughter's favorite color was pink. Pallbearers, her five brothers, would do the honors if their feeble knees could sustain the weight, not of her casket, but of their heavy, shattered hearts. Stop it, Santana screamed aloud, as though her audience was one of one was deaf. Stop thinking like this. She's going to make it. They will find her. Find her alive. Interrupting the barrage of thoughts, Santana's cell phone rang. The caller ID showed a picture of Cadence. What? 
How is this possible? Santana couldn't figure out how her daughter was able to call at that moment. Frantically, she answered. Cadence? Santana was met with an unfamiliar voice on the other end. It was not that of her daughter. Jaw clenched, hands frozen at 10 and 2 o'clock on her steering wheel. Santana braced herself for what would come next. Mm. Ah. Wow. The writing itself is incredible. It's incredible. Mm. That's how you speak. But you you painted a beautiful picture. Goodness. Uh, I say a beautiful, you painted a picture of what was tormenting you. I know. In in that moment. Such a way that it's. It's captivating. Absolutely. And yet it's true. And it's your story. So I'm going to turn it over to you. You've got to do some summary, your story, wherever you want to pick up from there. Um, Really start. I think, you know, at the beginning, I know we don't have time for the entire book and I definitely want people to buy it, but what, you know, what is your synopsis of all of this? Um, so I think I'll start with, um, as I introduce myself, being a woman in long-term recovery and there are like three phases to that. So one of the rooms that the community will walk through is the room of vulnerability. So I start transparently talking about Our family had vulnerabilities. You know, I was a mother of six children. I'd been a single mother at that time for about seven or eight years. Um, And we had some clear vulnerabilities and traffickers target vulnerabilities. They are professionals. Uh, They are so highly skilled and patient when it comes to identifying that. So uh, it took, I landed in Athens, Georgia, 17 years ago because I needed a safe house. Um, So that indicates there was domestic violence going on in the Mm -hmm. home. And then still kind of stayed in that for a while. So when Cadence was about 11, her dad left. So she didn't have a father figure there in the house. A single mom taking care of six children. The finances were really stretched. Um, So that story uh, really begins with the fact that Genesis was graduating from, I'm sorry, Cadence was graduating from high school and her and her best friend had been approached by a friend that graduated the year before. They were both getting ready to actually go to Gwinnett um, College. That was their college they'd both been accepted into. And they were recruited from inside of their high school. And so the way that I like to explain it to parents is that Um, We know 50 years ago, women didn't openly talk about their breasts or breast exams or anything like that. Like that was taboo. Don't talk Mm -hmm. about that. However, today, the pink ribbon says so much. And you can have your three-year-old son tugging at your apron and you will have an open conversation with your girlfriend about breast care. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that was a movement. If you or your mom or grandmother pass due to breast cancer, you would have early mammograms. You would not wait to age 40 or 45. It may be now. Maybe at 20, your your pre-screens, your vulnerabilities Mm -hmm. have showed up and you're going to have special care. So we were a family that needed the mammogram early, if if that makes sense. And so I understood post-trafficking that we had these certain set of vulnerabilities. And so uh, the recruitment took place where the, t- the carrot was waved in front of my daughter's eyes. Hey, you can make some money to get your dorm room set up. You know, you want to have this or, or that. My daughter worked at McDonald's all of her high school career and was a cheerleader. 
Uh, so behind the scenes, what I didn't know was that there was this recruiter that had already established trust and was manipulating. So uh, that's very interesting because there were some older, more powerful traffickers really behind the scenes, but had they recruited this 18-year-old boy to go recruit the girls? I mean, is there a hierarchy here? There is. There's an org chart, if you will. And so it was a 18-year-old girl. Oh, girl. Uh, yeah. Oh, they wow. Because my she, she was in my daughter's peer group the year yeah. before she graduated from school. So okay. you have to think about it this way. If your quota is $1,000 a night or $1,500 a night, after a while of being in that system, you are going to look for opportunities to have less work. Okay. You know, you're going to find a way to have less dates. And so this was a girl who'd been with this, I'm going to call it an organization because we are speaking about organized crime. So True. this organization was continuing to capture territory and uh, multiply their revenue streams through this young and willing and tired and abused recruiter who was built trust within the organization and had an inroad back to the community. So she was able to lure yes. um, your daughter and her best friend by sort of painting a picture that this will be glamorous and there will be money. And you do talk about that in the book, that it was uh, fancy cars and a mansion and all these things. You know, they just paint this really beautiful, glamorous life when, in fact, it seems very quickly apparent that that is not the case right okay and, and they don't know what they're doing so that's the other part of it she never said come and work for sex right you know 15 hours a day my daughter and her best friend really had no idea what they would do she, they were um influenced by flattery you know your beautiful girls they really thought they were going to go on actual dates mm -hmm. uh with rich men who just wanted their company and their time. They were just naive girls. Think about our brains developing fully at the sure. age of 25. So at 17, 17. and living uh, where we live in Northeast Georgia, you're not even uh, aware of kind of real hustle life. You have no idea what that's like. So let's jump forward, and I'm going through the book. So mm -hmm. it really takes you chapter by chapter when you – it was more instinctual. You were picking up on things she would say on the phone. You were picking up on things weren't adding up correctly. Um, go through some of those red flags where anyone listening, you know, I'm reading this with a 10-year-old daughter thinking, okay, now I know what to do. Now I know what to do. So that's why the story and the education is so important for those parents who are in it, those parents who have younger children, or those parents um, who will be faced with this the same right. way. Right. Um, so I think the first clue or cue for us was kind of radical change in behavior. Um, so my daughter's the only girl out of the family of six, always treated like a princess and kind of baby. She falls in the middle of that spectrum. But it began with her pushing boundaries. So she graduated from high school, started wanting to come in really late, um, because now she's has someone t boasting about independence, you know, in her ear. And so it started with a hard line where I'm laying down the law as Mama Bear saying, you can't come in this house after 1 a.m. Again, she eventually says, oh, I'm going to move out. 
I'm moving in with my best friend, who we'd known for five or six years. They live 1.5 miles up the street, and in fact, that's what she did. First, moved in with her, and they came to the house daily to eat food and wash clothes and all of that. Um, So the next phase of where things didn't appear to be right, she literally did pack up all five suitcases of everything she owned. And I thought, okay, this is more than just drama and rebellion. And when asked where was she going, oh, we're moving to Atlanta because I'm going to be an apprentice in a salon and my friend's going to work at a warehouse. And that was, we haven't lived in Atlanta. We hadn't lived in Atlanta for over 15 years prior to that. She was a toddler and I thought she has no connections in Atlanta. So my antenna went up Mm -hmm, then, like what's happening in Atlanta? Um, And then she did literally move, but we had phone contact every day. So my idea around trafficking, I had some working knowledge from the perspective of moms, family members who sold their own children due to the disease of addiction, made the trade. I knew that from my work in substance use in the last 10 years. That was the field of work I was in at the time. Which is interesting that you have these red flags, you have the training, and you have this radar, and yet, you know, here your daughter is moving, and she gave you a fake salon. Um, You had even done some homework, and, and, oh, it's just... um, it's heartbreaking. All right, we're going to keep going. Uh, do you have anything? Do you, I'm looking at you. Any questions? Yeah, there, there's several things I've heard, but the biggest thing that I heard that, that kind of stuck with me was money. It, it was the money that pulled her away from the life she knew. It was dangling that carrot, the phrase you used. And ultimately, as you said, a 17-year-old child um, can be influenced by many, many things. Uh, horrible friends, clearly horrible situations but money was the core of it and she saw stars in her eyes that's a really good point because we had talked about something uh when i was at the freedom boutique and you threw a fact out and said i think you said 98.9 of girls that are going to come to divas who win have a substance abuse problem that usually that comes first right right usually you go into the sex trade to fund an addiction but that wasn't the case with cadence she was groomed first and and brought into the trade um do you know if if that was something that they began feeding her was a a drug addiction no and her um well her she's just unique her whole experience was a summer you know Mm -hmm. where the average time that girls women stay in what's called the life is seven years and they die out wow really they die out because of all think about a seven-year span all the weapons that are involved substance use is completely it you know uh to the square root you know it's highly all the domestic violence the sexual violence all the complex trauma um and the lack of medical care the lack of clinical care Mm -hmm. um and just those risky lifestyles so seven years is about the shelf life if you will that uh data supports that women stay in in the life wow and so cadence system was clear so you know they have some traffickers that they call dirty traffickers and clean traffickers dirty traffickers use drugs clean traffickers don't want the hassle that comes with uh drugs and forbid the girls from 
uh, using drugs. And the irony is that they would use the word clean yeah. associated with anything right. regarding sex trade. Yeah, wow. yeah. All right, let's pick up back up with her story. So the red flags were there. She's moved to Atlanta. You are communing with her, c- communicating with her on the phone, but you're still noticing that things aren't adding up. I am because she often referred to a bodyguard. It's as mm-hmm. though she was dropping hints to let me know. And so in my language, I translated bodyguard to mean pimp. And I thought she's in Atlanta in strip clubs. That mm-hmm. was just, you know, what I thought. So... 30 plus years ago when I was in the sex trade, I was introduced to sex work through strip clubs and I always refused to have a bodyguard um, while I was in that line of work. And so that was what I initially Mm -hmm. thought. And then she wanted her ID. She wanted social security card. Yeah, that was really interesting. What is behind that? Why do these traffickers or pimps want these girls' social security cards? Um, because they want to erase them. So oh. uh, th- what clout do you have if your traffickers taking from the state of Georgia to Tennessee and there comes a moment where you could get help? How do you even prove who you are? They have your ID. Yeah, they've stolen your entire identification. Yeah. Wow. So it wow. just is one extra layer, layer of vulnerability where the victim is connected to the person with the power and can't get out. You're a possession at that point. Correct. So I want to ask about the best friend because the book doesn't really touch on her. She went into this with her. Um, At this point, are they still connected? Are you hearing Cadence still talk about her? I mean, are they still in this together? They were for about 75% of it, but they reached a point where the best friend was able to get out and to come um, back home. And so what happens mentally around the the shame that you feel. So, you know, our family line has a very colorful story, but in spite of the story, because of grace and mercy wrapping around us and our DNA, my older children are quite successful, you know, master's degrees, one's working on PhD. So my daughter saw herself as having failed and being unusable, but she's got enough grit in her she kept going after the American dream that this family sold her. She didn't have the courage to come back and face these accomplished siblings with nothing in her hand. She really bought the story. So it was her shame that wouldn't let her return home. Like she'd thrown in the touch. She thought, I'm going to be successful in this because I believe what these adults who are 40 years old and older are telling me. Whereas her best friend came back to a family unit that looked very different um, from ours that didn't have the same type of success in the family. She just returned back to what she knew, you know, in public housing and, you know, kind of living and surviving in an impoverished way. Were you able to get any information out of the best friend since she came back first? It was unbeknownst to me. Oh, you didn't know she was back. I didn't. Until Mm -hmm. after. I got you. Okay. Had you reached out to the best friend's parents and and, or mom or whoever she lived with and said, what, where are they? Do you know what's going on? I mean, were you kind of not in cahoots because that makes it sound like it was schemy, but trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together to help each other I, I hadn't because I kind of knew her background okay. I, you know what I mean I yeah. knew the situation with her mom and so it may not have been Maybe the best not much resource help there. And that's mm-hmm. okay yeah absolutely okay so she's in it um and I you know you were relentless in your pursuit of her 
uh, getting her older brothers involved, using their social media savvy to really look at pictures. What was interesting to me is how the boys were able to take, look at photos that she was uh, featuring or unless the traffickers were putting photos of her online, but they did, they what, reversed Google search the rooms and yeah. were able to pinpoint locations wow. of where she was using Google. Yeah. And um, all right, so talk about the FBI getting involved and actually physically getting her out of this. So there came a point when um, Cadence returned home for a brief amount of days, which is when I uncovered, oh my goodness, she is connected to something really bad mm -hmm. and, and really huge. And so through a series of, of events, um, all of this was leading to a timeline. She was going to turn 18 in a matter of a handful of days. And I knew enough from the work that I was currently doing that at 18, a person would no longer be victim, but just be prostitute. And so I was racing against that clock, mm -hmm. um, became connected with an agency in the field around rescue and anti-trafficking. And that person had connections with the FBI on speed dial because she'd helped kind of intersect multiple times before. And I met that woman in her organization, which was just three strong women met me at midnight in a parking lot with the three sheriffs uh on a saturday night and i'd taken pictures of the vehicle that picked my daughter back up from my home gotten the license plate and all of that and through their federal database this family of traffickers um had already been pinged 49 previous times uh for trafficking but the cases never went through so we somehow pieced it all together and then there just came this glorious Sunday morning where the undercover cop decided to leave church that morning and meet her partner uh, because they traced this license plate. And she said, let's not wait till Monday. Let's go to this mm -hmm. home. And the moment that they drove in in an unmarked car undercover, the trafficker was returning my daughter from the hotel in that cul-de-sac wow. and that was where things and they um, saw met. her and they wow mm -hmm. oh and you get the call yeah I get what, the call. oh what a phone call I'm, oh the story the book um i just i'm i'm glad it has a happy ending for you but the the numbers are too great for all these other girls and all these other families that are out there suffering. So what was the exact length of time that your daughter was wrapped up in it? Uh, about two months, um, the, the month of June and July. Now the onboarding process kind of started in May, so I'd say two, eight to 10 weeks. Sure, sure. So what, and, and again, I'm, I'm visualizing everything you're saying. I mean, I'm painting a mental picture every time you talk. So when you did finally save your daughter from the sex trade, how was her reaction at first? What, what was her response to you? Was she upset? Was she angry? Or was she relieved? Um, no, her, her outward behavior was she was extremely mad, extremely fearful. We know now what drove the anger was the fear because the traffickers had come to our home. They knew the school that her two younger brothers attended. So her initial reaction was she knew that the traffickers would know that it was her mother that was responsible mm -hmm. for taking down this organization. So no, she fought the FBI tooth and nail. And that's something with girls, it's called the life when you're being mm -hmm. trafficked. Sure. When girls are in the life, 
they fear for their lives. And so many of them don't show up with signs that say, please help me get out. Because one, they've been indoctrinated Mm -hmm. to believe the lies. And then they're very scared um, should that moment arrive and it be traced back to them. This is a terrible statistic, but it's in the book. You found and and wrote 7,200 men purchase sex from a minor every month in Georgia. Accounting for 8,700 sex acts. Mm -hmm. 7,200 men a month here in the state of Georgia. Underage. Underage. Not even the 18 and older. Right. That is. That's horrible. I know. I know. But I hope we're shedding some light on it. Mm -hmm. I I really am. Um, Unfortunately, we've got to wrap up. But with the Freedom Boutique the immersion experience, the book, tell everybody where they can find Shonda and all this entire platform. And if they feel so compelled to donate to Divas Who Win, if they don't live in the Athens area, um, share all the social media and the websites. Yeah, so um, our website is divaswhowin.org, D-I-V-A-S-W-H-O-W-I-N.org. Uh, so many ways to engage through volunteerism, through our special events, and through our giving platform. So we have lots of uh, ways to engage that way. Uh, we are really active on Facebook through Divas Who Win and on Instagram as well. So those will be our main three platforms and Easy how we enough. can connect. Divas Who Win. I you know, can't say enough. Find it. Share it donate it it absolutely helps these girls 150 are going to make communication with divas who win looking for help just this month so if there is any monetary donation in your heart to help these girls come out of this horrible horrible life i hope that you will dig dig deep and uh, make that contact and i would also to stress again 160 tracy street in athens georgia you expect the Freedom Experience to open in July. Uh, we're in June currently. I know yeah. podcasts live forever, but we're currently in June. In July, you expect that to open. So is there a, a fee attached to that or are tickets yeah. to be bought? How does that work? There are. You'll purchase your ticket online. So it's $20 per ticket. And we've also built in an equity ticket so that financial barriers won't exist for anyone. So if you want to purchase a ticket and pay one forward, Folks who may not be able to afford that twenty dollars will just click equity ticket. When That's they great. Check yeah, I love That's that terrific. idea. Yeah, I'm you glad you're doing of everything. Yes. And I love yes. that you give that that thought the glory to God. That's amazing. Um, but I I can't wait to do it. I know he called right after I had met with you, and I I just oh my God, I can't wait. Now we're chatting about it for a while. You know, Absolutely, we've got to go do this. Yeah, I'm going to bring everybody I know. And I want to commend you. I want to commend you on the book. I want to commend you on saving your daughter. I want to commend you on 26 years of leaving the sex trade, Mm -hmm. celebrating the 26 years, and also 15 years you you, uh, sent your drug rehab program. Uh, All of that is worthy of of commendation and and support, and I'm thrilled to know that you're thriving now. Mm -hmm. You are one amazing woman. And I'm so glad that Amy brought us together, and I hope that it's uh, much more help and support throughout the years. All right. So, absolutely. Lita's had great guests on her show, and you're right up there at the top with everyone else. And we always say this, too, empowered women empower women. That's right. And you're doing exactly that mm-hmm. in everything you do. 
All right, Lita, before I close, I want yes. you to tell everybody about how they can find you. Oh, Status Life with Lita. That is the Instagram handle, Facebook, and the blog. And my email is statuslifewithlita at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you have any questions about today's topic, anything about a future show, or anything you just want me to answer or possibly bring in as a topic on the next show, uh, feel free. You can send me DMs through social media or send me a private message. But um, I hope you we're, we're doing a whole ton of construction on the blog. We've got a lot of new stories coming out and uh, just really interesting. Derek and I, we didn't talk about it today. We'll touch on it next week, but we've been traveling like crazy and uh, we've been picking and finding amazing merchandise that's all going to be for sale on the status market. So we've got, I've got some new ventures that I'm launching and also lots of new stories. So status life with Lita, go check it out. And you need to also put the uh, link to the book. Oh, own. absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go ahead and, and yes. for sure. Yep, you'll be able to find that. Sure. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by the Status Market, the Shops at Status, and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our podcast episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.